Hello, and welcome to our series, Revelation Expectation. Today, we start episode 12 entitled, The Great Tribulation, So It Begins, from chapter 8 of the book of Revelation. I am Charles Wright. And I'm Stephanie Wright. We encourage you to listen to episode 1 in this series for background and other episodes to get caught up. But as a brief review, which is a little more than one minute, we covered the beginning of the tribulation in episode 10. The tribulation is a seven-year period with the last three and a half years being the great tribulation, which we cover today in chapter 8 and goes through chapter 18. As a further review in uh, chapter 6, those who receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord are caught up to meet him in the air or they are raptured when he returns. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. If you have invited Jesus into your heart and know him as your Savior and Lord, you do not need to fear the end times, the tribulation or the great tribulation. Or some in the study of the tribulation period, they call it eschatology, the study of the end of times. But we should be concerned for our family, friends, or anyone who does not know Jesus. As we go through chapters 8 through 16, you will understand why. If you have not invited Jesus into your heart, now would be a good time to do so. That is a good lead in for today's presentation, The Great Tribulation, So It Begins. starting at verse 1 in chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. In the previous chapter 6, we, I'm sorry, chapter 7, we had a multitude of nations, kindreds, and people, angels, creatures, elders. All of these people were praising in chapter 7. But then when we get to chapter 8, there is this pause of about one half hour. Something big is about to happen. Yes. When there is an expected cataclysmic, traumatic change to be anticipated, heaven and earth activities wait for what is inevitable. And with concern, which could be extreme, is irrevocable and eternal change is about to take place in the creation of God. Verse two, and I saw the seven angels which stood before God and to them were given seven trumpets. But before these seven angels do what they are assigned to do, let's see what verse three says, Apostle Charles. It says here, and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne of God. What we see is the replication of God's holiness in heaven and everything that is in heaven. We should think about it like this. Everything in heaven is holy. The prayers, the altar, the saints, the angels, even the dead saints and their prayers. So my prayers, your prayers, 
And I think about that song, Is My Praying in Vain? And the answer is no, because those prayers are in heaven and they are being offered up to God. And verse four says, and the smoke of the incense. Now, I laugh at myself when I saw that smoke. It says the smoke (laughs) of the incense. I thought of us sometimes saying holy smoke. Yes, holy smoke (laughs) of the incense, which came from the prayers. Those prayers are holy. And the saints who prayed their prayers and the saints are holy. And it ascended before God's holy throne. And it came from the angels, holy hands. Everything in heaven that's being accomplished is holy. There will be wills of God. If I can say it like this, the word of God is the will of God and it is holy. And Jesus taught his disciples. He said, and uh, when you pray, You pray to the father and say, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And what it is in heaven, it is holy. And what it is going to be ultimately, totally holy in the earth. God's will is going to happen. Verse five. And the angels took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Yeah. um, I look at those three words. Um especially the thunders, the voices, the lightning. I believe all of those things are speaking for God and, and, and creating the element of anticipation, anticipation of something dramatic is about to happen. There's a lot of thunder. When we hear thunder, we know that something dramatic is happening. It's going to be a rain or it's going to be a hurricane or something is going to happen. If we hear voices, uh, even in the dark, and we don't know what's going on around us, we feel that in trepidation sometimes and wonder something is going to happen. Lightning coming, blasting out of the darkness. We know something is going to happen. And if the earth starts shaking, it is already happening. So a fire always would go before God. He always had a fire before him before he showed up because he had to purge everything in front of him to make sure that it's holy when he arrives. So when God is coming and the fire is first to show up, then you better be watching out for God because he's on his way. These voices, thunderings, lightnings and earthquake are also referenced in Revelation 4 verses 4 through 5, Revelation 11, 19 and Revelation 16 and 18. Moving on to verse 6. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Verse 7. The first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth and the third part of trees was burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. Now back in Revelation chapter 6 verse 10 that we covered in a previous episode, the martyrs asked the question, how long before we are avenged? These were the people who were killed or martyred during the tribulation. Now, at the great tribulation, they are being avenged. This won't be like a forest fire. It will be entire countries, nations burnt up. Food will be affected, property gone, economic collapse. The ecology ecology will be devastated. And people may ask, why is this happening? We addressed this question in an earlier episode. Because God has been patient for eons of time with man rejecting him, his creation rejecting him, his creation rejecting his son. Nevertheless, he did not wipe out the entire earth, just one third, because he is still showing mercy. The Lamb of God is still interceding on behalf of man and men are yet being given more time to repent. Yeah, I noticed uh, the question I had in my heart was from 
verse 7, was the question, who, whose blood? It said the fire was mingled with blood when that first angel uh, did what he had to do when he blew his trumpet. Fire mingled with blood. If it's mingled with blood, then uh, and we know that from earlier study that the 144,000 were supposed to be in the earth during the Great Tribulation, untouched, but they're still having to do the work of God in the earth. So I think and believe that that blood is the blood of Jesus from the altar of God, where it is mercy from the uh, mercy seat of God. God has decided I'm going to still have mercy on the earth. And Stephanie mentioned only one third of what we're looking at right now. Only a third has been destroyed, not entirely 100 percent. So there's still opportunity for people to come to God. Just don't want to wait till the last minute. Now, verses eight and nine. And the second angel sounded. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. Verse nine. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, this is the salt water. We're talking about the oceans, the seas. And when it says in verse 8 that the um, it was as it were a great mountain, that's called a simile. It wasn't a great mountain, but it was as it was a great mountain that was uh, burning with fire. So, you know, is this a meteor or some type of volcanic um, formation? We don't really know, but we know that whatever it was, when it was cast into the sea, a third part of the sea became blood. And also in verse 9, uh, we also see that the um, life in the sea, it died. And so this blood is coming from the destruction of these uh, of, of the, the creatures and those things that are in the sea. Uh, and then also we see that there are the ships are destroyed. So again, this is going to affect the, the earth, ecology, so forth and so on. Yeah, I noticed, yes, there in verse in verse eight, uh, it says a, a third part. Pay attention to the third part. I'm talking about those of us who don't pay attention to some things. He says became blood. Well, of course, the wages of sin is death. And therefore, uh, because of sin and the contamination of sin in the earth, God is pre- uh, showing in a preview, if you would, how that he is not going to tolerate sin and sin has to be destroyed. And the, and the evidence of the destruction of some life that's in the sea, which is a third part, died because the way everything is contaminated in the earth, except for those who have received Jesus Christ and the cleansing power of his blood. OK, in verse 10, it says here, and the third angel sounded. Now, this is the third angel out of seven. He sounded his horn, a trumpet, and there fell a, fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, fresh water, and upon the fountains of water, uh, streams and creeks and rivers and so forth. But notice that you, you, we see over and over again, burning, burning, burning. So there's a purge going on because there's contamination in the earth. And uh, God is going to purge the earth again to make it holy. And then in the 11th verse, it says, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were bitter. We noticed that in studying about Wormwood, that it was supposed to be uh, some type of plant that the, uh, in ancient days, the Jews used as a medicinal pur for medicinal purposes. But uh, and it was bitter. Uh, you know, we take medicine and sometimes it's bitter. But this is, in this case, instead of bringing life, this Wormwood 
is death. It, it becomes death. Uh, according to Lamentations, it tells us that God, uh, Jeremiah said, he has filled me with bitterness and has made me drink wormwood. That's in Lamentations 3 and 15. So one third of all the fresh water that we just read about indicates that the, that either the, the water became taint with uh, radiation or strong and str- so strong that until uh, modern day uh, decontamination will not work and the techniques won't work for purifications in the systems. And in many cities and countries no longer exist. In other words, Stephanie mentioned earlier that the economic systems will break down because if you don't have fresh water to drink, it's very difficult to live. However, we're talking about a third. Okay. And verse 12 says, and the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened and the day didn't shine for a third part of it, and the night was likewise. Again, there was no sun, no moon. And this is going to, again, affect vegetation, affect life itself. And therefore, we still have this effect upon the economy, upon the ecology. Uh, It does affect, because if you don't have enough sunlight, during the day, and apparently it's gonna, we're not going to have enough sunlight long enough in the day so that the plants and vegetations will grow. Also, it, that means the nights are going to be longer, and therefore it's going to be colder at night because there won't be any warmth from the sun. So we're talking about an entire economic worldwide effect on the earth, the entire earth. However, with the grace of God, he's telling us that only a third of this is going to happen, but I cannot imagine even a third of the earth being under such devastation until there's vegetation that's dying before it's time and that there are people dying because they are not warm enough, especially in the north in the cold countries. It'll be cold too long. Amen. And our last verse, verse 13 says, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So, There is a warning coming from this angel. This is not the same angel of the seven angels that we are talking about, four of which we have addressed today. This angel comes to make a pronouncement that there are three more angels to come that are going to tell of more devastation. Woe, woe, and woe. So there is a warning, and God always gives a warning. We just have to be prepared to listen, to hear, and to respond to the Spirit when the Spirit speaks to our hearts and speaks to us, and we can fill it in our belly. And don't forget that when we started studying Revelation and the Lord sent word to the seven churches, he continuously said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying, even through this angel who says, woe, woe, and woe. Amen. So that is chapter eight. And next time we will move on to chapter nine and we will talk about the remaining three woes being brought by the final three angels with their trumpets. Thank you for joining us today. Amen. Bye.
If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions, Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.